0: Am I on? You're I'm on. on. All, All right. right. Deal. Ladies and gentlemen, praise international renowned speaker and minister of the gospel, Wayne Bredow. you get to know... <laughs> I was hoping for a very good introduction. Thank you. Because I remember one that you gave earlier you. this month. So, But praise God. I thank you for the privilege of being able to speak to you this morning and um, one day I was sitting right over there and I knew I was going to be speaking eventually because they got a line up right Pastor Greg. and so I was sitting over there about where Adam is my son and I looked up and just God kind of gave me a picture of me up here in a suit seeing myself in a suit and I thought, that can't be God. <laughs> but it was God. And um, so we, I want to give you an illustration this morning. Um, you know, we're to put on our best, right, for God. We're to put on Christ. And that's not the clothes we wear, okay? Not the clothes we wear. But when I worked for Northwest Airlines, they had three rules when you flew standby. by. One, you put on your best clothes. You had to wear a jacket and tie. This is back when. Another one, you had to put on your best behavior. And the third one was, don't tell anybody you work for Northwest Airlines And there was a reason for that There was a reason for that Because they didn't want people to know That you're flying for practically nothing And they're paying 500 bucks So we're going to Hawaii one year Adam, I didn't know he was going to be here this morning My son, and he's about 5 or 6 years old And we're flying to Hawaii and you know that's a long flight, so Adam, he, um, he, you know, he got to let him loose. You know, he's five, six years old. That's a long flight on a plane. Back then they had big planes, DC-10s, seven forty-sevens, and and you know, so we're all sitting there, and boy, we had to put on these suits. And if you don't know much about wearing suits and ties and stuff like that, and which I didn't, and um, so I had a. So I bought a shirt, not realizing how tight it was around my neck. You know, and I'm choking all the way to Hawaii. (laughs) But I learned after that. Anyway, so Adam's running around on the plane. We make a stop. And um, this one gentleman, see, we're in suits. How many people are in suits flying in an airplane? Back then, a few, not many. If you're a businessman, maybe. And so everybody that had a suit on, well, you knew they worked for Northwest Airlines. (laughs) So we get off the plane and this one man comes up to me and says, "Uh, you work at Northwest Airlines, don't you? He had a suit on also. And so he said, yep. He goes, we were talking with your son and and he said, I asked him, where does your dad work? And he said, I'd rather not talk about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we w- told him not to tell anybody <laughs> that I worked at Northwest Airlines. And, <laughs> hallelujah, praise God. But we are to tell people about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we are to put on our best. And that's Jesus Christ. Put on Christ. We are called to do that. And, you know, God's really awakened me to some things. And through different things that have happened... And, you know, I've just seen God moving in people's lives. You know, they're, they're winning the lost. You know, we got this one guy that comes up from Louisiana, and he, every place we stop, he's witnessing to people. Every place we stop. Unless it's just us and nobody else is there, but then he... But even, you know, you go up. He's never seen Bayfield, Wisconsin before. And he probably still hasn't seen it because he sits and he waits and he witnesses the people as they're walking by. And, you know, with Pastor Dan, you know, I've been with him. We go out to eat and same thing. Same thing, you know. and, And, I mean, we've all done it. But some to it more than others, and I think, God, you know, he's, he's really gifted in that area. You know, he really is. But we're all to do it. Like, I can ride a motorcycle better than Greg, but Greg still rides. <laughs> Just to illustrate a point just to illustrate a point. (laughs) No, I don't know if I can or I can't. But what I'm saying is other people can drive cars probably better than we can, but we're still to do it. We're still to do it. So up north this year, see, God's been just showing me different things, even since I've been coming to church here. You know, through Pastor John and through the mission work and all the things, all the help that he does. And I think, Wow, you know that's so awesome. And I think of the multiplication, you know, of the the souls being saved throughout the world. Anyway, Jimmy called us aside because this was this this is his heart, you know. And he goes, Proverbs thirty, Proverbs eleven thirty, and I'm going to read it in amplified, which he didn't do, but. It says, "The fruit of uncomprisingly righteous is a tree of life, and he whose wives captured humans' lives. For God is the fisher of men, who gathers and receives them for eternity. What a privilege that is, that God would use me, or God use someone, to speak to me. You know, that's an honor. And I was talking to my wife on the way home I thought I'm losing focus here because of all these things that are happening I don't do that witnessing as much as I used to do That's our job Amen Jesus said come and follow me They dropped their nets and they followed him It wasn't the first time that they heard, I'm sure they heard him speak before, but none of us might have followed him right away either. But eventually, we did, as we found out more about him. Amen. Fishers of men. In first and second Corinthians, we can turn there. Second Corinthians five. Verses 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us unto himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's our ministry, right? Right? We all have that ministry. We're all to do it. Not just the ones that do it so better than us. Amen? But we're to do it. And and yeah, I remember when I was young in the Lord, and I remember that, well, one time sitting in Maranatha House in River Falls, Wisconsin, and Pastor Dan asked for someone to... Help counsel at a Lundstrom thing at the high school, and he goes, "Just looking for a a vessel to use." So I raised my hand. I didn't know what I was doing. Amen. But you know, God meets you where you're at. So we all go up when they do the altar call, and okay, you take this group, you take this one, you take. So I ended up with an eight-year-old Baptist. His father was the preacher in River Falls, Wisconsin. God met me where I was at. But I want to tell you another thing. That, you know, sometimes we get the unction of the Holy Ghost to go witness to somebody. Again, I was young in the Lord. and And I got that we were riding motorcycles that day and I seen him in the parking lot in the truck and the Lord told me go and witness to him so you know we use our faith for a lot of things right for healing for you know finances for jobs for we use it for a lot of things We can use our faith also to step out and win souls for the kingdom. Anyway, so I remember when Peter got out of the boat? If that's you, Lord, command me to come. And Peter got out of the boat. And Peter walked on water for a while. And all of a sudden he seen the storms and things and what he start doing he started sinking and crying out for help and Jesus grabbed his hand and helped him so I'm going over to this man and on the way over I started sinking and I did small talk to this man And I walked away. I did not witness to him. I didn't spread the good news. I know one thing. I never wanted to feel like that again when I walked away. And I had an unction of the Holy Ghost to go do it. I don't know if fear got in my way. I don't remember. But I do remember... That I did not witness to him. So I don't know what happened to the man. We hear stories, right? I don't know what happened. Like I said, I never wanted that feeling again. I was disobedient. I had to repent and ask for forgiveness. When the Lord tells you to do something, you don't do it, it's sin, right? That's where I was. So we got to practice our faith, right? Faith is an action word. We got to put it into action. Imagine what the world would be like if we witnessed to more people, like some of the people that we know that really do witness a lot. Amen. But maybe not all of us do witness a lot, but we witness. And then there is another time. This was later on in my walk. And and we're on another motorcycle run because we like to ride motorcycles and we can serve Jesus while we're riding motorcycles. Amen? And so we went to a restaurant and I really don't want to butcher the story so I'm going to read and I showed this to other people. But I felt, um, this morning I felt led to read it. And I believe that was an unction of the Holy Ghost too. Amen. If I missed it, turn off the mic, amen. <laughs> but but praise God. I don't want to read it all. So I want to read part of it. What happened was, um, you know, we're we're handing out coins or or trying to when people are lost, you know, and we got little gospel coins and, and different things, and we speak to people and pray with people if we have an opportunity. Sometimes we don't, so we leave a track or something. And so, we're, so this gentleman calls me up, and he says, do you remember the time you are at Culver's and you witnessed to this, this young lady? And this guy's from Canada. He he emails me. And I don't know how he got my email, but he emailed me. And he said, "Um, I'm doing a, I'm putting some testimonies on my website. Now this gentleman was from Canada. And how he met this girl, I don't know. But anyway, so he says, do you remember that? And I said, yes, I do. And the reason I remembered it Two years later, on a New Year's Eve night, I didn't have my phone on or with me, and I picked up my phone and I had a message. And it was from this young lady. And she said, I just wanted to thank you for telling me about the Lord Jesus Christ. She goes, my life has changed. And she goes, I got a great church family, And she goes, I'm doing good. You know, or whatever. Something along them lines. That's why I brought this so I I don't goof up the rest of it. But so I said, yeah. So he goes, could you send me a picture? I want to put it. I want to put it on the website. So I'm going to read a little bit here about this girl. And this girl was going through some stuff okay family's tough all kinds of stuff and wondering where God is you know and why she's put on this earth and and all these things and I don't know where to start I can go over a couple of minutes right Greg right. okay it's talked about her emptiness and angry at God and and coping with their dark side, and in anyway, I, I thought about you, Pastor Greg, when I when I seen this this morning, because it said it happened at Culver's. It it can happen at White Castle too. Okay, so she's going through all this tough, and it says two years later. The Lord showed me just how much he really did love me. I was 17 by this time, and the summer of 2007 was just coming to an end. I was at work, and we had just finished our typical lunch hour rush. I was working behind the front counter washing up some trays when Brittany, a best friend of mine and co-worker at the time, came rushing to me from the dining room. She wanted me to meet some motorcyclists that she had been talking to who had happened to be passing through. Brittany's mother was also a biker, which is what intrigued her to talk to them. My friend begged me to meet the bikers. We're still on the clock, I told her. Anyway, she's still on the clock. She didn't want to get, on, get in trouble, you know. <clears throat> so, um, So anyway... It goes on from there, and it says, Brittany introduced me to the bikers. The lead biker, my name. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't look at myself that way, but... <laughs> anyway, the first question he asked me was, do you want to know what I ride for, Sally? See, I don't remember a lot of this stuff, but I'm reading it, so... Anyway... Interested by his question I asked Wayne smiled and said we ride for Christ I smiled back and nodded at him saying that's nice I remember thinking to myself about that's good You can ride for whoever you like You know Then it says it wasn't until Wayne directly asked me if If you are a sinner I don't remember that either but it doesn't matter that I began to consider who it was that he rode for. All Of all kinds of questions one could ask, this one hit me hard. How is it that this man, who doesn't even know me, knows the burden I carry around? Could he see it in my countenance or in my expression somehow? How did he know that my shortcomings, my failures, and my heavy load, immoral sin? Troubled me so strongly. Didn't have a clue. God did. I didn't have a clue. Taken back by his question about my sin, my eyes began to tear. As I looked at the ground, the shame I had felt from my life swept over me that instance. Although no one had ever taught me the Ten Commandments, my conscience told me what sin was. When I had bad things like lying and to my parents going to parties, drinking, I knew that was sinful and immoral. So the biker's question, are you a sinner? I replied, I've done some really bad things. I wish I could take back. Wayne soon asked, what if I told you that you could be forgiven with I am sure, <clears throat> with I am sure a long in my eyes, I looked back at him and said, I would love that. And it goes the moment that changed everything. At that moment, I wondered how all of the sins I have done in my past could possibly be forgiven. Forgiven when they had already been committed. Wayne asked, What if I told you that Jesus Christ died to forgive you of all your sins? I had always heard the stories of Jesus, but it was right then, at that moment in Culver's dining room, that I realized why he came, died, and rose again on the third day. Christ died for me, for my sins. God didn't hate me, he had a purpose for me. He had a purpose for me. Just like each one of us here, we have a purpose. We have a purpose. He loved me so much that he sent his only son who had no sin to die a painful death on a cross. Yes, for me. What kind of love is this? That the one who would give his own life to save an undeserving sinner from the burden and penalty of my own sinful way. I had finally realized and truly felt what love was. The heavy weight of my toilsome sin and the painful memories of my life disappear in that moment. Joy filled my soul when I realized that my sins were put away at Calvary when Christ on the wooden cross bled and died for me. And it goes on. God's been doing all these things. Speaking to me about these things. To stir me back up in a greater way than ever before. To be a witness to him. To preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can do that through your testimony. You can do that through your testimony. Okay, we bought a bunch of these coins. They're called gospel coins. Okay, and that young lady's salvation, her life has changed. She will never be the same. Praise God. Never. And so, a guy who produced this coin had a part in this salvation of this young lady. and I had a part too because I gave it to her and the girl that told her about the gospel coined them back and got her over there she has a part in it too amen I'll tell you about another time because sometimes we can plant seeds and you know I asked God I said God I said A lot more people do a lot more witnessing than I do. But he blessed me with knowing for a reason how it changed this life of this young lady. And I remember talking once to to Pastor Dan. And I think he was still um, laying block but he was on fire for God and you know Pastor Dan how he witnesses to everybody anyway well the guy wasn't having nothing to do with it we've all had that happen too right they're not receiving right and I forget how many years later it was and he got a phone call was that one of the men he was witnessing two that wouldn't have nothing to do with it? We all been mocked, right? So umpteen years later, this gentleman calls him. He says, I want you to come to the hospital. He remembered, see, he planted a seed. He says, Cast your bread upon the water and it will come back to you in many days. And he went to that hospital and he prayed with that man to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. Well, praise God, he remembered. A seed planted came to life everlasting. Amen? Sometimes we can witness and nothing happens. Maybe a lot of, we don't know what happens. We don't know if we're the one planting the seed or the ones watering it, you know, we don't know. We got to start spreading the good news. It's good news. I know we've all heard it before. I've heard it many times. I got to hear it again. I got stirred up, and God's turned me up in this area. Change lives for Jesus Christ. He came to heal the brokenhearted. How much time we got, Greg? I'll make it quick. Hallelujah. Different things we can encounter along the way. In Acts four twelve, it says, "And there is salvation in any other, for there is no name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which shall be saved. The only way through the Father is Jesus Christ. We have the privilege of knowing that, and you know we have a lot. Huh, the world's changing, right?" We have a lot of different people, a lot of different beliefs. And naturally, we want to do what's good, right? We want to do what's right. You ever think you're doing something right and you're doing it wrong? That happens to people, too. I remember, hallelujah, there is only one way, through Jesus Christ, to the Father, Not everybody knows that. Not everybody's going to church, right? Not everybody's a Christian. But there's only one way. You know, I remember my sister, she wanted everybody to go to heaven. That's what Jesus wants. That's what we want, right? And we're here with a purpose to point the way. If people are ready to receive... There's always somebody to, ready to receive Jesus Christ. You might not hit them that day, but there's always somebody ready that God has prepared their hearts to receive Him as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. James 20, 5:20, along the way, we meet people at a backslidden, right? We probably backslidden ourselves, more than likely says 520 James brethren if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins wonders away probably a different doctrine different teaching right that can happen if you're looking at things intellectually, right, not spiritually. And Colossians two it says, "Be careful that nobody spoils your faith through intellectualism or how or high-sounding nonsense." Now I get these out of different translations, though, so, because ones I like better than others. So. But you see, you get out of school, you get amongst a whole bunch of people. I knew, well, I know some people here that went to school with my son, Adam. So, praise God. But I knew people, young people so strong in the Lord, I thought they would never walk away from the Lord. It happens. You know, it happened to me, it happened. But it happens. But it happens. And it's kind of a... it's a hard thing to watch but it's a joyful thing to watch when they come back amen or they get straightened back out and what it says I don't have the scripture it says that they will not be snatched out of my hand it says you and your household will be saved amen so praise God we're going to turn to maybe we are I want to sk- skip a bunch of it, but I don't want to skip this. Let's turn to, um, where do I want to go here? Too many pages. Let's turn to Luke. I think it's 20 here, but it might not be. It's in Isaiah 2, if someone could help me out here, um, where it's, I have anointed you to preach the gospel. Amen? I wish I had my phone here. Mm-hmm. Isaiah. Isaiah? Okay, we'll go to Isaiah. It's in Luke 2. Luke 4.18. I was past that. Thank you. Luke 4.18 The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's us. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's our purpose. One of our purposes. I'm just going to close with a prayer. Father God, we just um, thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And Father, I'm just thank you for stirring me up in this area, Lord. And Father God, I pray that others would be stirred up, Lord. And Father God, that you'd bring people along our path, Lord. And Father God, that you'd use us for your glory, for you receive all the glory, Lord. We just, um, we're just there and you show up, Lord. Father God, we just pray right now, Lord, that we'd be a witness and we winning souls into the kingdom of God. And we thank you for that anointing that you have placed upon us to do exactly that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.